off in the book of Titus. The book of Titus, that of course in the New Testament, right after the book of 2 Timothy, you'll find the book of Titus. Uh, we're continuing on Sunday night uh, preaching, uh, talking about the importance of the tongue and learning to tame the tongue and the importance of our words, the things we say, the things we don't say. Uh, last time, of course, um, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, we uh, talked on the Ten Laws of Excellent Speech. And uh, we went through those. We looked at the Bible principles dealing with those. Last Sunday, remember, we talked about the power of the what? Thumb. You remembered. That's good. Amen. The power of the thumb and the importance in our world of technology, uh, the uh, things that we're putting out there are, are honoring the Lord. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about a, a very important aspect of our words, and that is the subject of truth. The importance of truth. So if you find your place, stand with me together. And uh, we're going to read just a couple of verses here. Titus chapter 1, read verses 1 and 2. The Bible says this, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness, in hope of eternal life. Here we go, you ready? Which God that cannot lie. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. Amen. God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Let's pray. Lord, we love you tonight. God, thank you for that that uh, one uh, truth we just read. God, uh, all truths about you are important, no doubt, uh, Lord. But that one that you cannot lie, Lord, uh, we know we have eternal life because you promised it to us, Lord. And you cannot go back on your word. And I pray that you'd help us tonight as we uh, look at the importance of truth. And Lord, the importance of it, uh, Lord, as it pertains to you and then as it should pertain to us. Bless us, we pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Everybody's still good in the back as far as hearing me. All right, we good back there still? All right, and uh, just making sure I had to change the batteries out on the mic, so we're good on that. All right, let's talk about tonight the importance of truth. Amen? Uh, you know, uh, one thing you'll find out, if you do a Bible study on truth and a Bible study on lying, and uh, you start uh, uh, comparing the two, your eyes will, will, will stop uh, uh, trying to compartmentalize or try to justify lies, right? How many times somebody said, heard, heard someone say this? Well, it's just a little lie. Or how about this? Okay, you ready? It's a white lie, right? Okay. And uh, so uh, uh, if you understand what the Bible has to say about those things, then you will not start in, in our minds classifying lying as little, big, you know, white, black, whatever. Amen? Uh, a lie is a lie and truth is truth. And let me tell you what is true, sad to say, amongst many Christians, uh, and that is the fact, and, and maybe we don't even tend to do it, but we have allowed ourselves to become habitual liars. You know, some of the biggest liars I've known in my life are supposed Christians, okay? And folks, let me tell you something, uh, lying is a habit, and it's a sinful habit, and you know what, when it comes to as Christians, we need to not uh, be partakers of that, amen? Statistics provide by the Fuller Institute tell us, think about this for a minute, the average American will tell an average of 23 lies a day. Yeah, that, that, that was a, uh, a survey that was done. Did you get that? 23 lies a day. You know how dangerous this is, folks? By the way, uh, and the reason it's dangerous is because what sins lying leads to. 
Okay? And so we're going to look at tonight the importance of truth, see what the Bible has to say about it, so that then we will be able to, in our hearts, in our minds, make sure that as we're speaking our words, amen, as our tongue is is talking, that we're speaking in truth. Amen? So here we go. First of all, let me say this, and this goes right along with the passage I read tonight, but God is a God of truth. Let's try that again. Amen? God is a God of truth. Amen. There you go. Those are those White River Amens Brother Epley wants to hear next week, all right? By the way, let's not just do them when Brother Epley's here, okay? God is the God of truth. Listen to me. As you study all members of the triune Godhead, you know what you're going to find out? Every single one of them has to do with truth. Now, we read the verse tonight, but uh, uh, I'm so thankful that it is impossible for God the Father to lie impossible for God the Father to lie. Uh, The verse we read there in Titus chapter 1, verse 2, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. By the way, think about that for a minute. man. Sometimes we just read right over the Scripture. Okay? Before the world began, God promised mankind eternal life. You know, sometimes people have this false notion that, you know, uh, when man sinned in the garden, it took God by surprise. You know, oh man, I can't believe my prize creation did that. Are you kidding me? Let me tell you, God knew exactly what we would do. By the way, the Bible says that Jesus Christ was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Okay, God's plan of salvation was His plan before He even spoke anything in this planet into existence. Amen? That's what kind of God we serve. By the way, let me tell you what's amazing about that. Okay, The fact that God knew ahead of time what we were going to do, the fact that God knew our sin and the horrible consequences of our sin. God knew that that because mankind would sin, it would cost Him the, the fellowship with His very own Son, where Jesus Christ would literally come, be made in the form of a servant in the likeness of a man. And the Bible says He became sin for us, separated Hallelujah. from His Father. God knew all that, but you know what? He made us anyway. What a God. Amen? How much He loves mankind. Wow, that wasn't even part of the message tonight, but that's good. Amen? So it's impossible for God the Father to lie. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Let me just tell you, say this, folks. Again, I, I'm having a hard time getting off it, but that's okay. Amen? That's why you can cling to the truth of the Word of God. Amen? Because if God said it, God means it. All right? And God's going to keep His Word. All right, God kept His promise when He was going to come the first time and eventually Jesus Christ came to this earth. I'm going to tell you something. He's going to keep the promise of coming the second time. All right? And it's going to happen and it will happen because God can't lie. How about this? Jesus and the truth are synonymous. By the way, John chapter 1, John chapter 14, Ephesians chapter 4. Listen to these verses here. And the Word, capital Word, W-O-R-D, the Word... By the way, I love that description of Christ. Amen? He was the Word. He was the living Word of God. All right? Was made flesh and dwelt amongst among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen? So the Word was made flesh. And let me tell you what the Word was when He was here. He was truth. 
John chapter 1, verse 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. John chapter 14, verse 6, the famous statement that Christ made, I am the way, the truth, the life. Amen? No man cometh to the Father but by me. Jesus isn't a way. He's not a truth or a life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. As in only one. Only one. Well, that doesn't sound very politically correct. You better believe it's not. Amen. I have zero interest in being politically correct. I want to be Bible correct. Amen. And let me tell you, folks, I know there's a lot of religion out there. And everybody seems to have their way to, you know, they like to say the higher power. All right. You can call it whatever you want to call it. But, folks, you can believe whatever you choose to believe with the conscience God gave you to believe with. But you know what? If you're going to go to heaven, you're only going on the way. Amen? Through the truth and the life, and that's Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Jesus and the truth are synonymous. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21. If so be that ye have heard Him and have been taught by Him, as the truth is in Jesus. Praise God for that. How about this, number three? The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. That's a title given to Him. John chapter 14, verse 17. Even the Spirit of truth. John 15, 26. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send to you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. John 16, 13. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 9. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. First John 5, 6. And it is the Spirit that bears witness because the Spirit is truth. Amen? Let me tell you something, folks. You ready for a, a good principle in the Christian life, a good biblical principle? The Spirit of God will never contradict the Word of God. People all the time, I've, you know, Christians trying to justify certain sins in their lives. Well, the Spirit has led me to do so and so. And it's direct opposite of the Word of God. Well, let me say this. I have no doubt that a Spirit may be leading but it's not the Spirit, amen? Because the Spirit has a first name. It's holy. He's the Spirit of truth. And the Spirit of truth will never contradict the Word of truth, amen? The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. I'm going to tell you something. As a Christian, that's why the Bible says to be filled with the Spirit of God. Because when we're filled with the Spirit of God, I'm going to tell you, folks, He will lead us, He will guide us, and He will always guide us in the way that's true and the way that's right. So God is a God of truth. Now that being said, how about this? A holy God has given us a holy book containing truth. That's one thing for God to be truth, and He is. Praise the Lord for that. But how in the world would we know about Him unless He gave us a source to know about Him? And He did give us a source. And in our day and age, it's sitting in your lap. It's called a King James Holy Bible. Amen? And that's the Word of God that He's given us. I'm going to tell you, folks, it's a holy book containing truth. Truth. The Bible contains the truth of the gospel. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that? Galatians chapter 2 verse 5, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. Ephesians 1.13, and whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Colossians chapter 1 verse 5, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye have heard before, in the word of the truth of the gospel. Amen. Let me tell you something, folks. The gospel of Jesus Christ, I promise you, is the truth for us to get to God. 
The gospel. What is the gospel? Amen. It, the Bible tells us what it is. It's Jesus Christ, uh, Him crucified. He was buried. Three days later, He rose from that tomb. Amen. You believe, put your faith and trust in that, and that's called the gospel of Jesus Christ. His death, His burial, His resurrection. And anybody that's going to be in heaven one of these days is because you put your soul, faith, and trust in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. By the way, it's not the gospel plus anything. Well, I believe you got to, you know, get saved and be baptized. Guess what? Not the gospel. False gospel. Amen? Baptism is important. It's the first step of obedience, but it has nothing to do with getting you to heaven. Amen? Okay, that's a false doctrine. By the way, it's floating around a lot of churches nowadays. Okay, it ain't Jesus plus the gospel plus this plus that. It's Jesus plus nothing. Amen? That's the truth of the gospel. Where do we learn about it? Where do we hear it from? We hear it from the Word of God. Amen? I'm, t- I'm telling you, folks, if you heard the gospel, you heard it from the Bible. That's where you heard it from. So the Bible contains the truth of the gospel, but guess what? It doesn't stop there. You know, the Bible contains living truth for our Christian lives. Living truth for our Christian lives. John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. Don't you love how this is all Scripture? Amen? I'm not up here preaching riserology to you. Amen? I'm preaching, preaching truth to you, preaching the Word of God to you. Here's what the Bible says. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on Him, If ye continue in My word, then are ye My disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Alright, what's Jesus now doing here? He's trying to tell them that there is a source for them to understand how to live the life He wanted for them to live. John chapter 17, verse 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. By the way, that's the goal of the Christian life, sanctification. Okay, I've taught you this before. Let's review it. Amen. When you get saved, it's called justification. That means this. In God's eyes, when you're saved, that word justification simply means just as if I never sinned. So when God sees you and you've been saved, He doesn't see your sin, my sin. You know what He sees? He sees the blood of His Son. So when we stand before God, the only reason we can stand before Him is that blood that was shed on Calvary. By the way, the blood that was powerful enough to forgive us from all our sin. Amen? Alright? And so uh, when God sees us, we are justified in His eyes because of our faith and trust in the blood of Jesus Christ shed on Calvary. Amen? It's called justification. One of these days, we're going to reap the process called glorification. Guess what? You know what that means? That means when we get the upgraded model. Amen? Aren't you glad for the upgraded model we're going to get? Hey, praise God, the upgraded model ain't going to have cancer. Amen, Miss Elnora, praise the Lord for that. No more cancer in the upgraded model. No more death in the upgraded model. No more sorrow, no more pain. The book of Revelation tells us what we're not going to have. Amen, praise the Lord for that. That's called glorification. By the way, you know when you get the upgraded model, you get it at the rapture. Amen. That's when the Bible says that, that that's when, when that when the rapture happens. Now that doesn't mean right now people that are in heaven uh, don't uh, you know they're just little orbs of light. No, they're there. But that glorified body happens at the rapture of the church. Amen. That's why the dead in Christ got to rise first. Then which we are alive and remain will be caught up the, with them in the clouds together. I'm looking forward to the day of being glorified. Amen. By the way, you know what happens to glorification? The flesh doesn't go. Amen. Amen. It's staying here. Praise God for that. And we don't have to deal with the flesh anymore. Praise God for the process of glorification. But here's the thing, all right? Justification happens at salvation. Glorification happens at the rapture. So guess what there is between then and then? we got this whole thing called the Christian life. And you know what the process that God wants us to be working on as we're living in the Christian life? It's called sanctification. You know, a simple term for that simply means this. 
as we live our lives on this earth, we're to live more like Jesus Christ. We're to be more conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. It means as the Christian, doing what we teach a lot about around here, crucifying the flesh, saying no to sin, living a life that pleases the Lord. Hey, why are we taking the time to preach on the tongue? Because the tongue is a source of a lot of sin in our lives. Amen? You know what we're trying to do? We're not trying to be necessarily perfect, but we're trying to live a life that's more sanctified and pleasing to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? The Bible teaches that. And let me tell you part of what the Word of God is supposed to do. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy Word is truth. Let me tell you why it's important you go to a good Bible preaching church. Because this old King James Bible right here is like a mirror, the Bible says. And when we look into it, it's called the perfect law of liberty. And we look into it, you know what it does? It shows us what we truly are. And you know what? When we see what we truly are, let's be honest, it's not a pretty sight. Right? And so that's why we have the Word of God, because it's what we compare ourselves to. We don't compare ourselves to each other. By the way, you can always find someone far off worse than you are. Sure you can. We're, 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 we're masters at that. Well, you know, we may not say it out loud, but that's what we think. Well, at least I don't do this like so-and-so. You know, and we start comparing ourselves to other people when that's not the standard. You know what the standard is? The perfect law of liberty. Amen? Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The Bible contains living truth for every Christian. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. For this cause also, thank we God without ceasing. Because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, now listen to this, which effectually worketh also in you that belief. It effectually worketh in you. By the way, you know why people grow in the Lord? The Bible's very clear on this. Because they're exposed to the Word of God. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what, church? The Word of God. You know why you're growing in your Christian life? Because you're exposing yourself to the Word. That's why. You, you expose yourself to it. Obviously, when you come to church to the preaching of the Word of God, that's why it's important you go to a good Bible preaching church. Amen? Not only at church, though, you expose yourself to it on a daily relationship with the Word of God. Okay? You know what? Pre- you, know, you hear sometimes preachers say, read your Bible, read your Bible. Here's what I like saying. Have a relationship with your Bible. Because yes. let me tell you something. It's more than just letting your eyes pass over the words. Okay? You know, uh, there's different things the Bible says we ought to do to it. Amen? Obviously, read it. Listen to it. Hear it. How about this? Meditate upon it. Right? Meditation. You know why sometimes people, even Christians, our minds get all confused and, and all in a disarray? It's because we're not meditating on the Word of God. We're, we're thinking about other things. We put, we, we put other things in our mind instead of the Word of God. Hey, the Bible still says, Perfect peace have they which love thy law. Amen? And nothing shall offend them. And so that Bible, I'm going to tell you right now, folks, it's good for living. It's good for saving. It's also good for living. Amen. James chapter 1, verse 18, Of His own will begat He us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of His creatures. So, hey, truth, amen? Truth, God is a God of truth. God has given us a holy book that contains truth, amen? Uh, it, it's the truth that we hear, it's the truth that we read, the truth of the gospel, the truth for living, and how about this? God has called men of God to preach the truth. Okay, now listen, folks, let me just say this. Preaching wasn't man's idea. Are you kidding me? You think I would have chose to do this without God calling me? <laughs> All right? 
I mean, are, are you nuts? Are you crazy? <laughs> no. Listen, folks, by the way, I love what I do because God's called me to do it. Amen? But this, what's going on tonight, was God's plan. Here's what the Bible says, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we receive mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And what he's saying here, uh, the, the Apostle Paul was telling the church of Corinth, that you know what, uh, the, the point is the fact that we manifest truth by commending ourselves or, or being there to teach and to preach it. Amen? 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. By the way, uh, it's a good command for every Christian, but the context of it is for preachers. Study to show thyself to prove unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen? Let me tell you, that's where a lot of false doctrine gets into play, because preachers aren't rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. By the way, let me just say this, all right? And the Bible even talks about this, that the, the, the seriousness of, of standing in front of others and teaching truth and, and handling the Word of God. Amen. Let me tell you, it's a serious thing. By the way, that's why I take it serious, because I'm going to be accountable to God for the things I teach and preach and say. Amen. It carries a lot of weight. And as a preacher, uh, we better carry that burden and understand it's a big deal what we get up here and say. Amen. It's a big deal. And so the Bible says that. That's why we need to study to show ourselves a prudent to God. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. Listen to this. The pillar and ground of truth. Think about that. Okay, The church is supposed to be the pillar and the ground of truth. That means this, all right? You ought to be able to go to a church and hear from a preacher that's going to help you grow spiritually and be rooted and grounded in truth. Amen? And, that, and that's why, you know, uh, it's so important to me uh, that, that that's what is, is our church is known for. Again, I say it all the time. The two things when I'm out talking to people. I told several people this week, all right, uh, about, uh, about White River. And here's what I say. Number one, without apology, I teach and preach the truth. Amen? Because let me tell you, that ought to be the first and foremost attribute of a church that you come to. Amen? That's a church that's going to preach truth to you. All right? And then number two, that, of course, I say it all the time, that we're a family. And uh, I'm going to tell you, folks, that those things go hand in hand, by the way. So you know what you find out? You find out this, that God is truth. You find out that all members of the triune Godhead tell the truth. No member of the Godhead can or will ever lie. God's given us the Bible. It contains both the truth about salvation, the truth of how to live after salvation. God has set aside men into His service to preach and teach the Bible. They are to preach truth. Now let me say this, folks. When truth is presented, we have a choice to make. You know what that choice is? We can either embrace truth, all right, and as the Bible says, have our spiritual ears open to truth, or we can choose to reject truth. Okay? And folks, you know what? Truth be told, uh, as the preacher, I'm just a messenger. Okay? I'm not here to make you do anything. By the way, if you're here tonight, it's because you chose to come. Nobody said you had to. Nobody held a gun to your head and said, if you don't come, you're, you know, uh, bad things are going to happen. No. You chose to come here. Amen? And you know what? If you chose to come here, my prayer for you, and this is what I, I walk this room on Sundays and pray for before you get here early in the morning, is that your heart will be open to truth. Amen? Because all about y'all, I haven't arrived yet. 
Okay? I'm not everything I need to be for the Lord. I want to be, I desire to be, but I'm not. And so, you know what's going to help me get there? Truth is going to help me get there. Let me just encourage you as a Christian, alright? When you hear truth, just embrace it. By the way, sometimes truth hurts, doesn't it? Again, why? Because, you know, we're not always what we ought to be. And sometimes when, when, when we hear truth and it smacks us upside the head, and by the way, you know, the old saying, oh man, preacher, you stepped on my toes. Well, guess what? I'm never aiming for your toes, I'm aiming for your heart. Amen? Okay, and listen, folks, when, when truth, when, when we get exposed to it and it hurts a little bit, don't get mad about that. Be thankful for that. I mean, come on, you go to the doctor and you don't want your doctor to sugarcoat it and make you feel good, or you want him to tell you the truth so you can get better. Right? Listen, if I go to the doctor and I got something wrong with me, I don't want them to come in there worried about my feelings. I want them to come in there and say, Mr. Riser, you got a problem. And you know what? This is what's going to have to happen in order to get the problem fixed so you can go on to have some health. You know, I appreciate that because I want someone to tell me the truth if there's something wrong. By the way, if that's true when it comes to our physical problems, how much more should that be true when it comes to our spiritual problems? Amen? Now, I believe truth should never be, preaching should never be mean, rude, or caustic. I don't believe that one bit. But it ought to be truthful. It ought to be bold. Amen? It ought to get right down in, in, in the pea patch where we all live. All right? Yep. All right? Because that's what truth will do. So let me just encourage you. Amen? And by the way, folks, I, again, I told somebody this this week. You know, uh, as you come to church more and you hear things, you're going to probably hear some things that, you know what, may rub you the wrong way a little bit. That may just kind of, you know, be like, man, who's that preacher think he is? All right, and folks, listen again. If I'm preaching the Word of God, all right, you know what it is? It's God's Word. It's what He's speaking to us about. It's what He wants for us to do. I have no, I mean this. I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I have no desire to make anybody do anything. I really don't. Okay, listen, I do not, you know, I don't look at myself as a king and this is my kingdom. There's only one king, amen? All right, and that's King Jesus, okay? Listen, I'm not the chief shepherd, I'm just the under-shepherd, okay? But part of my job as the under-shepherd is to deliver the truth from the chief shepherd. And by the way, as the congregation, you shouldn't just be hearing truth from me, okay? Because here's what happens. If you expose yourself to it and you know what it says, and then you read it, and then it's backed up from here, then it will even have, you know, more ability to work in our lives. Don't just take my word for it. Get in the book yourself. Amen? Amen. That's where uh, a, lot of, a lot of folks that are Catholic, that's where they get deceived because all they're doing is taking it from what they're hearing from the church. And by the way, for the most part, the Catholic church don't want the people involved in the Word of God. Okay? The old uh, uh, reformer, Martin Luther, you heard of him where he nailed those 95 theses to the church door and the wall there. And Martin Luther wasn't a Baptist, by the way, okay? But he was saved. He got saved out of the Catholic Church. Let me, just, let me just say this. I chased a little rabbit trail this morning. I'll chase a little one right now, okay? Baptists aren't Protestants. You know what the word Protestant means? Protester. Guess what? Baptists never protested the Catholic Church. We were never a part of the Catholic Church. Know your church history, by the way. Amen? And if you want to know more about that, maybe I'll preach about it sometime. All right? But as Baptists, we're not Protestants. We never came out of them. We were never part of them in the first place. But Martin Luther, he did come out of them. And, uh, and uh, you know how he got saved? His testimony is where he read in the book of Romans where it says the just shall live by faith. As a priest, he actually read the Word of God for himself. By the way, the Word of God did what it always does. It illuminates error. And he saw and realized he'd been duped. 
and, and got saved from reading that verse and came out of that, uh, that false religion of Catholicism. Amen? Now again, folks, listen. We as Christians need to know what truth is so that way we can be sure not to get led away in error. By the way, if we know truth, okay, and the truth of the Word of God's in our heart, remember, remember what we taught, I think, the first week? Out of the abundance of the what? The heart, the mouth speaketh. So guess what that means? You put truth in, guess what's going to come out? Amen? And so let's, let, let's as Christians get this thing about truth and let's make sure that we're committed to it and understand it. Now, I was going to uh, uh, kind of go the other direction and talk about the opposite of truth tonight, but I don't think we're going to go there. And Lord willing, uh, uh, the week after next, we might go there. But I want you to get this. I want you to understand this, this idea of the importance of truth. And let's make sure as Christians that everything that we're a part of is that of truth. Amen? And so the God of truth, the holy book containing truth, and the men of God that preach truth. Let's pray. Lord, we love you.